Luke chapter 18, beginning with verse number 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. There was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. He would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he be, though he bear long with them? Amen. I want to preach on this thought, title of message, Pushy People. Pushy People. Father, thank you for your word this morning. I pray again, Lord, that you'll anoint the preaching of your word. I can do nothing without you. I need you today, Lord God, to speak as you've given us this thought for your people today. God, as we preach, that it will find the good ground of our heart. Anoint our ears to hear it, our hearts to receive it, that our lives will bring forth the peaceable fruit of righteousness and true holiness, O oh God. God, I pray you'll search us out today. If there's sin in us, O oh God, you'll convict us of it. And you'll consecrate us, sanctify us by your word, by your truth. And I pray, Lord God, if there's one here that don't know you, they'd be born again. One here sick in body that you would heal by the power of the Holy Ghost. One bound that you would deliver and loose and set free. God, we praise you for it in advance, for I know, God, that you're still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Wherever this gospel is preached, God, you move and you work and you help. Thank you for it, we ask in Jesus' name. We love the Lord, would you say amen. amen. <clears throat> there are uh, times in our life when we come to a place if you're going to get anywhere or anything from God you've got to fight for it. The Bible said the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. Now, I didn't say that but Jesus said that. Now, you can't be passive in your faith that if God wants me to have it he'll just give it to me. You have to be violent with your faith. You have to be demanding by your faith. And by demanding, you can't make God do anything. But I'm simply saying your faith has to demand that what God says, he'll bring it to pass. You're not so much as demanding God as you are yourself that God said it, and I'm not going to take no for an answer. Or in other words, I'm not going to stagger at the promise of God. I'm not going to fall short of God's promise for my life. I'm going to seek until I find. I'm asking that I might receive. I'll stand here and knock until he opens the door. There are times in our life, I understand, when God urges us, compels us to stop what we've been doing and to simply wait on him. Moses, when they were being pursued by Pharaoh, uh, God told he and Israel to stand still and to watch him 
do the work. In Isaiah 40 and verse 31, it says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There are times that we should stand still. There are times that we should uh, wait upon God. Sometimes we have to push our way through our adversity, through our difficulties, through our circumstances, and we have to lay hold upon God as Jacob did and say, I will not let you go until you bless me. I feel in my heart this morning that somebody is there. Somebody is at that place. Maybe you've waited. Maybe you have been a little bit passive, waiting for it to come to you. And today God is saying, no, I want you to lay hold to me. I want you to grow violent, to grow demanding. You know, they that come to God, the Bible said in Hebrews, they that come to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You can look in Strong's Concordance, that word diligently there in Hebrews, and it means one of the definitions for that, to demand by worship. That's simply saying to honor God with your faith that says, I know God hears and answers prayer, and I'm going to keep praying till the answer comes. I know God is here. I'm going to keep knocking until he opens the door. God counts that as worship. Our faith in God, he collects that. He counts that as worship. People that don't give up. People that believe it in spite of their body being sick. I know God's a healer. I'm going to touch him. I know God feels and baptizes with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to seek until I'm filled. I know God has called me. I'm going to lay hold to it until he touches me and anoints me and uses me for the purpose in which he filled me and redeemed me. Listen, people, in our text we see a woman and no doubt she has lost something, has lost maybe everything. She's going to the unjust judge. We call him unjust because he fears not God. Neither regards man. She goes to him every day and says, Avenge me of my adversary. There's something going on in her life where she's not going to get an answer unless she pushes the issue. Because this judge doesn't fear God, neither does he regard any man. Meaning he doesn't regard their person. He don't care what her last name is. He don't care if her daddy's the mayor. He don't care if her daddy's the pastor. He don't care about any of that stuff. He don't regard anybody. So she says, the only way I'm going to get anything from this guy is to wear him out. Is to just keep asking. To keep showing up. To keep knocking on his door. Every time he turns around, I'm going to be right in his face. You know what? 
The Lord commends her for it. The Lord uses her example as a uh, testimony that God is not like that. But God desires for us to be like this woman to demonstrate our faith. He's not like the judge in that he doesn't regard people, their needs, their desires, their, their wants. God desires to answer us. But God is saying, look at the woman's faith. This is how you get an answer. God will avenge his own elect which cry unto him day and night. And he will do it speedily. In other words, quickly. It won't be any trouble for God to do it. Trouble's not with God. He's waiting on us to lay hold to it. Listen, if I were you this morning, there are examples, illustrations all throughout the Bible of people, their their dilemmas, their circumstances, their needs, their situations. They had to push their way through. They had to fight their way. They had to lay hold. People who have issues should be pushy people. In in Mark chapter number 5 in verses 25 through 29, there was a woman. And the Bible said she had an issue a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched him. For she said, If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague or of that disease. Some of us this morning might have issues, unresolved issues in your life. You can either let it discourage you and make you weaker, continue to rob you or sap the spiritual life, strength, and faith out of you. You can use it as fuel to motivate you that I know God has the answer. And I know if I can touch Him this morning at Bible Way Assembly, I know if I can get in that altar where the Lord has promised to meet me, and I know if I can touch Him, push my way through, whatever's in between you and God, Fear, doubt, unbelief. Push through it this morning. I know God is real. I know God hears and answers prayer. I know God can be touched. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted. That means tested, tried, like as we are yet without sin. In other words, whatever you've gone through in life, Christ has felt that. As the man, Christ Jesus, Christ endured that. And do you know how Christ persevered? He prayed. He prayed. He sought the Father. He said, men, I need you to go with me into this garden. He said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. I need you to watch and pray with me. 
The Bible said that he went a little farther than they did and fell prostrate down upon the ground and his sweat became as it were great drops of blood. And he cried, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. What do you think the anguish was about? What do you think he was facing? What do you think he was feeling? He was staring the cross in the face. Death lashes upon his back, his hands and his feet pierced, to have his beard plucked, to be spit upon, to be mocked, ridiculed, laughed at, made fun of. Everything you fear, everything you feel, everything you struggle with, that's a microcosm of what Christ was feeling in the garden. The anguish was so great upon What did he do? He prayed. He prayed because he knew the Father was there. He prayed because he knew the Father would hear him. He prayed because he knew the Father would help him. You know when he finished praying, even though Peter and James and John never prayed, but they slept through the prayer meeting, you know that when he got through praying, the Bible said an angel of the Lord came and ministered unto him. I want to tell you, it won't be an angel that will come to your rescue this morning. Amen. It will be the third person of the Godhead. It will be the good Holy Ghost. Uh, He'll settle down in this place today. If you've got issues in your life, uh, you have to do like the woman with her issue of blood. You have to press your way through. I know, she said, within herself, I know if I can but touch uh, his clothes or the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She didn't say, I know if he'll turn around and come to where I am. I know if he'll make his way to my house today and touch me. I know if he seeks me out. Lord, you know I got trouble. If you'll come to me where I am today and touch me, I'll be better. No, no. He said, lady, if you've got faith and you know I'm here. Listen, Peter is in the midst. He's in the boat. He's in the midst of a storm. The boat's taken on water. He said, Lord, if that's really you, bid me to come to you on the water. He said, well, come on then. If you know it's me, if you know I'm walking on the water, if you know I'm in the midst of your storm and you know you need help, then come to me. You can walk on the waters. You can walk on what's troubling you. You can put it under your feet today. Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. That's what he, that's what he was waiting on this woman to do. Listen, she had already spent all of her money. She's out of money. Her body's worse. The Bible said she uh, was only grew worse. She had suffered many things of many physicians. I believe she had gone through radiation treatments. I believe she had gone through chemotherapy. She had suffered many things of the physicians. Maybe she had gone through some type of exploratory surgery. And the Bible said she was at she had spent all she had. Listen, they sucked all of her money dry. When she didn't have any more money, and when the insurance company had dropped her, nothing else could be done for this lady. She's just been sent home to die. 
The Bible said she rather grew worse. You either going to touch him now, honey, or you going to die. Well, you know, that's really the way it is in life, no matter what we're facing. You're either going to touch God or it's going to kill you. You're going to touch God or it's going to drain every ounce of faith you've got out of you. You're either going to touch God or you're going to lose the victory. You're either going to touch God and let Him revive you, touch God, let Him heal you, touch God, let Him fill you, or you just ain't going to make it. That's just the way it is in life. We've got one option. I always like to say this. All roads lead to Jesus. I mean, everything in your life is going to bring you to the end of yourself. You're going to have to come to the place, I can't do it without Jesus. But I can do all things with Him. I can touch Him. I can pray through. If you don't have any joy this morning, you can have. He is the giver of joy. The fruits of the Spirit are love and joy and peace. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. If you need joy this morning, you can have it if you'll push your way through. If you'll fight through your adversity, whatever you're feeling, whatever your emotional state of mind is, press through it and touch Jesus. Got to be pushy sometimes. I am a passive personality. I don't push my way on people. I don't try to push my agenda. I don't try to push myself on anybody. I am a very passive, aggressive personality. It's just the way I, I will be the silent majority, so to speak, that sets and lets somebody else lead. If you don't believe that, go on a mission trip with me. I, I, I love following the guy that's lead, Brother Hanks or Brother uh, Mike Howell or Brother Shannon Connor. They set the trip up. You want Can you go with me? You want to go? Yes. I, I have gotten calls. We want you to come. And I was the leader and everything was on me. And I'm like, man. It taught me to pray for them, heading up a trip or being the leader because you got it all on you. But, I, hey, I like, I like following. It's no problem with me. And I found that a lot of my friends are, are leaders, and they, they, they all bump heads when they all try to go on a trip together because all, all of them trying to lead. And they're like, man, I can't. This one said, I can't go on a trip with, I can't uh, handle them constantly telling me what to do. What I need you to do this. I, I said, don't bother me a bit. <laughs> if that's what they want me to do, man, I'll just do it. Don't bother me a bit. And uh, they marvel at that. That's, that's, who, that's who I am. But being a passive person, you can't be that way spiritually. You can't just stand in the background and just wait on it to come to you. That was, a, that was the man at the pool of Bethesda. He just, he set up right next to the pool, but every time the water got troubled, he looked around. Hey, is anybody going to come help me into the pool? Can anybody... 
set me down in the pool? Well, guess what? People are selfish. They were all there because they had a need. He had been there, no doubt, longer than anybody else, 38 years. I want to, every time I read that guy's story, I want to grab him up and say, Come on, dude. You've been here 38 years, and ain't nobody going to help you. Come on, guy. Get up. Find the intestinal fortitude. Find something in you. I mean, drag yourself in the pool. I mean, drag yourself. Roll. Roll over into the pool. I mean, do something. Show God somehow, some way. I'm desperate for your touch. I would not be denied. That's faith. Faith that gets violent. Faith that demands by worship. Jesus came to it and said, Buddy, do you want to be whole? <laughs> yes, of course I do. I've been waiting 38 years. Well, the Lord was simply there to tell him, You need to quit waiting. And you need to start doing. Amen. The Lord obviously had compassion on him. He came to it in the person of Christ. The Word came to him. This is God's Word. God's talking to you this morning. His Word has come to In Psalms 107, He sent His Word and healed them. Sometimes He instructs you what to do or what more you need to do in the Word. She laid hold of the hem of his garment. Do you know the hem of his garment had so many threads in it? One thread for every law in the Word of God. And when she laid hold to the hem of his garment, she was laying hold to the Word of God, to the promise of God. That's what you have to do this morning. The Word came to him and said, Do you want to be whole? Yes, I want to be whole. Well, do what you've never been willing to do before. At my word, get up. Take up your bed. Quit letting the bed master you and you master it. It took faith to be healed. He's saying what you've lacked up to this point was faith. Violent faith. Faith that touches God. Faith that obeys God. Faith that responds to God. You've been waiting on other people to minister to you. Get up by faith. Woo, hallelujah to God. Get up by faith and grab a hold of God this morning. I can, I will, I must. You know what? He was made whole from that very hour. Glory to God. Amen. People who have a promise should be pushy people. In Genesis 21, verse 1, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called it the name of his son that was born unto him whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. Sometimes the amount of time that passes between God speaking to us and God bringing it to pass can overwhelm us, cause us to grow frustrated. 
It can cause us to be weary in well-doing. I thought for the children of Israel, it's just it only been 39 days Moses was in the mount. They're at the base of the mountain. They were told to wait. I'm going up there and God's going to speak to me. God's going to give me his law for us. Tell us where to go, what to do, how to do it. God's going to give us promises whereby we're going to live, whereby we're going to hope, wherein we're going to exist. I'll be back. 39 days of waiting. They come to Aaron on the 40th day and say, Up, make us gods. For as for this Moses fella, we don't even know what's happened. And I thought, man, if you'd have waited just a little while longer, he'd have come back down with the law in his hand, and most of you'd still be alive. But they couldn't wait. Their faith could not endure stand the test of time you know Isaiah said we quoted already they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength sometimes God requires us to wait but it doesn't mean we're being passive while we, while we wait you can be aggressive while you wait with your faith listen obtaining the promise is worth the push it may hurt it may be hard, but it's well worth it. You know the last thing that happened before Sarah gave birth to that boy? In the natural, she pushed to bring that child forth. Labor, travail. Do you know what the Bible said in Isaiah concerning the spiritual state of Israel? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth. That wasn't in the Natural to the physical, it's in the spiritual realm. As soon as you pray through, as soon in the in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit that you pray to the place you will not take no for an answer. I won't let you go until you bless me. You're going to receive whatever it is you came for. It can't be any other way. Do you hear me? It can't be any other way. That that moment in time where God promised Sarah a son. And there come a time when it was time for the baby to be delivered. Waiting's over with. The time for the miracles now. And the travail hits your soul. And the anguish hits your soul. And it's time for that child to be born. That doctor and those nurses are going to tell that, that mother to be, you're going to have to push. And there, there, there's a time in your life when waiting is over. Travail and agony. Pain grips your soul. And God is saying unto you, it is time to pray until you touch me. It's time to pray until the answer comes. Time to pray until you pray through, until revival, until the outpouring, until the miracle is brought forth. Amen. So people that have a promise are to push. You know the promise of the Holy Ghost is for all believers. If 
you want the Holy Ghost? Hey, the Holy Ghost has been given. Do you know that? The Holy Ghost has been given. They had to wait for it in the upper room because Jesus had to ascend back to the Father. And he said, I'll pray the Father that he'll give you another comfort. Do you know that the Father did give us another comfort? Do you know that he, Jesus has been glorified and the Holy Ghost has been given? So this waiting, as far as they waited in the upper room, that kind of waiting's over with. God says for us to pray. God says for us to seek, ask, knock. You can have the Holy Ghost. You know He's a healer in the same way today? Well, I need to suffer for a while before He heals me, I guess. You just simply need to touch Him. I don't know that God puts a specific time limit on our suffering or we have to get to the point of death before we are allowed to be healed. No, you just come to a place you say, I know you're a healer. I know I can touch you. And I ain't going to stop praying, asking, or seeking until you heal me. Amen. Listen, people who are on the verge of defeat should be pushy. In Judges chapter 16 and verse 21, But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass. And he did grind in the prison house. Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon, their God. And rejoice, for they said, Our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. When the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, Our God hath delivered into our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. And it came to pass, when their hearts were merry, that they said, Call for Samson, that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport. And they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars, whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about three thousand men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on, the, and on which it was borne up, of the one with his right hand and of the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all of his might. And the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein, so that the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. While the devil was mocking him, making sport of him, ridiculing him, you, you think he must be close to defeat. But God was looking down and said, no, he's getting close to victory. He's tired of the devil making fun of him. He's tired of the devil making a mockery of him. 
You ever noticed how many it said were on that roof? The lords of the Philistine, about 3,000 of them. I always, Pentecost always comes to mind for me. You know, the devil had made a mockery of Peter. Lord, I'm never going to deny you. I'll go to prison. I'll even die. But never would I ever deny you. And Jesus said, Peter, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Satan has desired to have you, that he might mock you. He might make sport of you. He might make light of your faith. He said, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. We know Peter failed. After he failed, he went out and wept bitterly. And Jesus, after the resurrection, said, go and tell my disciples and Peter that I go before them into Galilee and there shall they see me. And and see him they did commanded to wait and tarry there in the upper room. And as they did, and were filled with the Holy Ghost, out of that upper room, Peter came. He came preaching under the anointing, under the unction, the power, the strength of the Holy Ghost. And 3,000 souls were robbed from hell that that day. 3,000 souls were lost. By the enemy that day. Samson's there and what's he doing? The devil's making sport of him. He's put his eyes out. He's a shell of the man that he used to be. He's lost his, he, he broke off his vows. He lost his consecration with God. He, he, he sinned in his own right. He lost his strength and his power. They put him in the prison, but while in the prison, the hair of his head began to grow again, meaning he was reconsecrating his life back to God. God, I'm sorry. God, I lost it. God, I never should have broken my vow. And in that last day when they were making fun of him, and he was good and sick and tired of it, and he knew today is the day. Today is the day when God is going to avenge me of my adversary. Isn't that what the... Our original text said that the woman, who's a type of the church, Lord, avenge me of my adversary. That's Samson's prayer. Lord, avenge me of my two eyes because of my adversary. He's a type of the church. She is a type of She's pushy in that she won't take no for an answer. Lord, avenge me only this once and give me strength to push. Avenge me today and give me strength to pray through. Avenge me today and give me faith to receive. Avenge me today, O God, that I can spoil the strong man. What did he do? He said, son, can you show me the pillars this house leans upon? Bible said one with his left hand, the other with his right. And the Spirit of God came on him. What'd he do, Brother Eddie? He began to push. You're crazy, man. You know the architecture, the the design. There's no way 
I mean, two Clydesdale horses couldn't pull those pillars out from under all the weight, the structure, the design of that arena. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Push. He began to push 3,000 lords of the Philistines. Gone. He slew more in his death than he did all of his life previously. That's a type of the church. Fourth people who want the prize should be pushing. Philippians 3 and 14, I press or I push toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Just the endurance of this race that we're running called Christianity. It's not a sprint to the finish. Anybody can run for 40 yards or 60 yards or 100 yards. But it's this long, enduring race called life. It's not them that start, but it's the ones that finish. If you're going to finish this race, then you're going to have to push. You're going to have to press. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 9 and 24. Know you not that they which run in a race run all but one receiveth the prize. So run! that you may obtain in every man that striveth for the mastery. It's tempered in all things. They do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. If we really believe that this reward that we have awaiting us is really worth the effort we will push for not just mediocrity in this life, but mastery. You'll push to win. You'll push to be crowned. You'll push to finish. And to finish well. Hey, I coach. Some kids just want to wear the jersey. Some kids don't care if they ever step on the field. When they're at practice, they loaf, they just go through the motions, they're not out there to, to get better, to learn, to attain, to achieve, to excel. They're just out there to hang out. Their buddies out there. They're just hanging out. I don't want to just hang out in the kingdom. I don't want to just be in the church. I want to excel. Excellence. I want to strive for the mastery. I want to be all I can be for Jesus. If Jesus is, if Jesus is looking to his church and say, I need somebody this morning that can win. I need somebody today that can defeat the enemy. I need somebody over here to preach the gospel. So that these can be saved. I need somebody over here to lay hands uh, on the sick that they can recover. When the Lord looks at his church, when the Lord looks to his body, when the Lord looks in his house, uh, he's looking for the one striving, for the mastery, excelling, pushing.
to be everything that he's called them to be. Curse, if you'll come help me, I'm finished. People with so much potential should push. Matthew 16, verse 18, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against. I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. In other words, there's no limits to what the child of God is capable of when they walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. God's looking for some of us this morning to push yourself beyond the limits and the borders that you've achieved or attained in the past. Push to see His glory in a way that you've never seen it before. He wants to work in us not only individually but collectively as a church. In prayer this week, God spoke to my heart. And he said, I want you to pray corporately for the corporate body, for the church as a whole, like you've been praying for yourself individually. I'm letting you feel what you feel individually. Because that's what I feel for my church corporately. The way you strive for individual, personal victory. I've called you to intercede for my church corporately, collectively. That you all as one might have the victory. Do you know I changed? I quit thinking about what I was going through. And in my mind, I started thinking about what all of you are going through. Of what all of you are facing. Of what all of you are struggling with. About what all of you have got going on in your life. And maybe it's, I know some people are going through very, very difficult circumstances. Some of you here this morning. And I prayed about those circumstances. But some of you are going through nothing. You're just going through life. And you're that kid that I coach on a baseball team that just wears the jersey. And life has just got you relaxed and comfortable. And you're not striving to attain, to achieve, to excel, to be what God wants you to be. Just on the team, wearing a jersey. Happy to hang out with one of your buddies to win their approval. God said, no, you're to strive for that one too. You know, as a coach, when I see a kid like that, I, I maybe show him more attention or maybe get on to him more than I would somebody else to try to pull him out of that state and so God said you're going to have to pray that way for them you're going to have to 
live a better example in front of them. You're going to have to strive for revival in their heart that I'll revive them out of their complacency. That they'll really desire to be something for God instead of just go through the motions. That's the way I've been praying this week. I felt a lot better. I have. Hadn't been about me, about the overall church. I want to see God pour His Spirit out upon us. Read the book of Acts and then look at the churches in America. I want to be a part of that. I feel like the church in America just wears the jersey. We just say we're on the team. Man, I want to. I want that. I want to do what they did. I want to see 3,000 souls get saved. I want somebody to get healed. Peter walked down the street, Acts chapter 5, and they got healed in his shadow. I want to be anointed. I want to be anointed. He never touched them, but because of the anointing, the yoke was destroyed. I want to be so anointed that I can be in a room with somebody and it break the yoke of the devil off of somebody. My God, they've been living wicked all week long, but you get in a room with them and they're ready to get saved. I want, I want to feel that. I want to possess that. I want to hold that. I want to have that. Well, hey, they were willing to get me up a room and pray until the answer came. What about you? They were willing that when the word came to them, they responded in faith and got up and mastered their bed instead of letting their bed master them. What about you? They were willing that in whatever situation and circumstance to press, to push, not to take no for an answer. Revival's not going to have, it's not going to come to you. You're going to have to go to it. You're going to have to violently seek it, pursue it, lay hold to it. Take it by force. I've decided I will. I've decided my answer is yes. Yes, I will. Wilt thou be made whole? Yes! Yes. Yes, I will. Somebody said, you'll never have revival. You know what that man, somebody said, you've been there 38 years, son. You can't walk. You've been there 38 years. You can't get up. He just rolled over on that morning, looked at him and said, watch me. He got up and did something he hadn't done in 38 years. You know how he did it? By faith. By faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Many of you say this morning to the devil. When the devil says you can't, he's not talking about you. He's talking to somebody else. You can't, you never will. Many of you will say to the devil this morning, watch me. in his word heal me wilt thou be made whole yes 
Yes. Get up from where you're sitting this morning. Come and lay hold to him in this altar. Come on. Come and touch the hem of his garment this morning by faith.